Hi, welcome back to Something Private. This is a special episode. You guys can tell by the change in music, right? Ladies and gentlemen, turn it up, throw a little something like this, now drop the beat. You know the guys that run one of the OG hair removal parlors in Singapore, Strip? Well, they have another brand called Tulips, and they've invited us to join them on their little mission to teach you guys about your little sister. That's right, I'm talking about your vulva. We're clueless and a little embarrassed to talk about our vulvas, but we're so curious and we meddle with her all the time. Just think about all the hair removal hacks and cranberry juice tips all across social media. But caring for your vulvas is more than just an aesthetic conquest. She plays a big part in our overall health and well-being, so how do we keep our little sister well cared for? Join us as we voyage through the vulvas. With our friends at Tulips and Strip in a five-part mini-series every last Wednesday of the month. It's 2021 and we are rejecting conventional notions of beauty and sexuality. I don't know about you guys, but every time now I see a brand as a consumer that tries to exploit my insecurities, I really don't vibe. So our friend Kate, who is the founder of modern lingerie brand Perk by Kate, joins us on today's episode to talk about the duty that businesses have in empowering women like us to reclaim what sexuality and beauty means to us by putting our needs at the forefront. Hi Kate! Hi, uh, I'm Kate. I'm the founder of Perk by Kate. Um, I'm also a mother of one and I love uh, yoga uh, and baking. Before we carry on with today's episode, I'd like to thank our friends at Tulips and Strip for teaming up with us on the five-part special on Vava Care. So just like Perk by Kate, Strip, which is one of Singapore's OG hair removal parlors, and its sister brand Tulips, which invented the world's first luxury intimate care range, aims to provide solutions for women to feel more empowered in their own bodies. So Perk by Kate started 10 years ago, um, and it was really because I personally, for myself, I'm a very small lady, and I could never find lingerie that fit me. Mm. Um, I used to walk the departmental stores admiring the lacy lingerie that was out on display but they somehow really never fit me and they always seem to be overly sexy um, I named Perk by Kate because I wanted to perk up somebody's day with our products and of course Perk was also a nice reference to the woman's bodily curves It sounds as if you know like you have crafted the brand to fit the needs and the wants of women right so what does that kind of look like in the day-to-day for you guys? Uh, Laundry in the market seems to fit everyone, but it also fits no one. And I'm sure a lot of ladies would identify with me. Mm. Sometimes the band is just tighter than it's supposed to be or the cup is roomier than we would like it to be. What we have done considering those preferences is that we want our lingerie to fit the woman's body and not the other way around. And ladies come to us knowing that they can tell us what they want and want to achieve in a piece of lingerie and knowing that we will help them achieve it. So a very, very memorable experience was um, I had a fitting session with um, a customer. She had just given birth and she couldn't find lingerie that fit. She purchased something online, uh, but she had fit issues. So Mm. I invited her to come down to um, meet me um, and she tried on the piece for me. So it turns out that her cup size was still quite big because she's still breastfeeding but she had already lost weight Mm. so her band size was loose so she didn't feel like she had the adequate support uh, that she would like from a lingerie piece 
So I went into the fitting room and the first thing that she did was to cover her stomach. And she apologized to me profusely and said, sorry, sorry, my body looks so bad, I just gave birth. And I was like, why are you saying sorry? You know, you just mm. gave birth and it is not your fault and we all have a recovery time. Um, and she just felt really bad. So that hit me that um, our laundry pieces have to make someone feel good. And if it makes someone who had gone through a life-changing experience, like, for example, pregnancy, mm -hmm. um, and it gives you a renewed sense of confidence in your own body and in your own self-esteem, then that's a higher ideal that our brand has to achieve and go for. So I think it's very interesting because you mentioned that, you know, after pregnancy, she had turned to buy lingerie to seek out confidence, right? What does that mean? She was looking to feel beautiful. Mm. That was the main thing. Um, pregnancy does take a toll on your body and be, me being a, a, a mom of one year already, I fully went through that whole phase of feeling good because you you know you are carrying a, a baby in your body and then post-birth, it, it is super traumatic because you don't sleep, mm. you are breastfeeding and you are going through lots of pains. Six months on, you lose quite a fair bit of your hair so there's mm. a huge recovery period and that takes around one year. Mm. So in that one year, you know, it takes its toll. Plus, you know, not sleeping, not resting. Your emotional health is at its lowest. So you do tend to look at an external piece of something mm. to boost your confidence. And sometimes that something can just be a very small thing like a set of lingerie that you put on and you can feel like okay at least I don't have to worry about my lingerie not fitting mm. or at least it's comfortable at least it does not make me feel hot mm. yeah interesting I think my train of thought was that I thought that if she had put on a piece of lingerie that in the eyes of a man would look like sexy and attractive then that would like boost her sense of self-worth as well. I guess that is possibly true, mm. especially if you are in a, in a, in a relationship or in a marriage mm. where um, your partner's needs are also important. Mm. But increasingly, I do not get that many ladies coming into my shop telling me that they want to satisfy their partner. Mm, they are wearing lingerie really for themselves because they want to feel good. Mm. And there's a ripple on effect where they, if they feel good, everyone around them starts to feel good because mm. the vibe that they give out is a very positive and a, a very uplifting vibe. So when they feel good, the husband feels good, the kids mm. feel good, their friends feel good. Mm. So it's, it's really true, happy wife, happy life. Oh, happy woman, happy life. I will really, really agree. And personally, I, I, I identify with that. I don't wear lingerie for my husband. Uh, my husband is attracted to me when I am happy. So personally for me, post-pregnancy, I had to go through my own recovery phase. And for me, it took, I would say, at least a year to, to, to make me feel um, as good as I did post-pregnancy. So, um, you know, we all prep ourselves for postpartum care and we buy all the serums to prevent our hair from losing out. We go for... Uh, tummy binding to you know get our stretch marks in place but not many people actually talk about vulva care and that's actually really important uh, because the state of your vulva does impact your personal self-confidence as well it is so personal but it is so difficult to talk about mm. so Having customers who come to me looking for confidence, who, who are looking for renewed confidence postpartum, I had to ensure 
that I practice my own form of self-care for myself. Mm. And that included um, taking care of myself with, yes, wearing, you know, well-fitting lingerie. Um, it also includes me taking care of my skin from my face to all the way to my vulva. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, Very interesting because I think historically, I would say that it's never really been this way. I think mm. it's quite a new thing, right? For, it's a super new thing. For women yeah. to be like, I need to prioritize my happiness and my comfort, then the people around me can benefit, right? I think, let's talk a bit about, I guess, what were some of the more traditional like standards that society had imposed on what beauty looks like for women. So growing up, how I saw beauty was that, you know, it's the very like fair skin, tall, slim, like small waist, heart-shaped face. That is still very true, you know, in some other cultures and countries. It's, I think it's true here also. Like, it's true here also too. Correct, correct. And I would, I would go as far as to say like, for, for me, I think that I do uphold like certain kinds of very traditional standards of beauty because of like the way I'm built and like it's just something that I was born with and it's difficult to kind of be like, okay, I separate myself from those standards of beauty, right? When you are really kind of like born into it, like I'm tall, you know mm. I mean? It's something that I'm born with so I cannot really be like, yeah, I will, you know, hide that part of me. <laughs> so what are some of the, you know, forms of like beauty that maybe in your time growing up you felt were unfairly put on women? Uh, for sure, we were made to think that we have to be, yes, tall, fair, you look good with long hair. Mm -hmm. um, you have to have big boobs. Mm. So my time was the era of push-up bras. Mm. It was massively thick. The, 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 the cups were all massively thick and they were so warm. Uh, all, made, all, all made to make you feel like you are a sex bomb. And it's also definitely perpetuated by what we see in the media. Mm. Um, during my time, it was Victoria's Secrets and they had the Victoria's Secrets Angels fashion show. I personally love that fashion show. I would follow it yearly just to see how gorgeous the models look. And after that, I would go on, you know, to my phone and research how to look as good as Candice Swanapel. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we all go through that, those phases of trying to achieve an ideal um, that we want for ourselves. But realizing that actually trying to achieve that ideal can be very stressful and it can make us more unhappy. So a personal anecdote is that I used to be called Xiao Pangzi when I was young because I was in a gymnastics team and then I wasn't as slim and as small size as all the other girls were. And because of that, there is this conscious reminder um, at the back of my mind to always look, lose weight mm. and to always keep within a certain uh, weight limit. Mm. So if at any moment I'm 1 kg or 0 0.5 kg over this limit, I will go and, you know, go on a crash diet. Mm. But I realised that it was not healthy for me. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for sharing that story. Like, I think like, it's a very, I hate to say it, like, but I feel like it's very common for girls to have like, a story like this, right? They want to achieve an ideal like weight range and then the minute they step out of it or like they exceed a bit they're like <laughs> what do do yes uh, for sure and even now I mean you know just now I spoke about a lady who just gave birth and who apologised for her body mm. I also do have young 20 somethings coming to my shop wanting to you know purchase sexy lingerie mm. or lingerie to make themselves feel good because they just came out of a bad relationship mm. and when they came out of their bad relationship the first thought was it must be because I am not sexy or hot enough. Mm. 
I also follow like VS quite religiously. <laughs> so every year, like I would go to a friend's house and then we watch like VS show together. But I think my experience is quite different from yours because I didn't grow up in the whole like push up bra era, right? So my takeaway from that was, oh, the girls are so tall and they're so tan, you know? So I wanted to, at, at that point of time, I think like the tall, tan, skinny, like small breasted girls were quite in. Mm. So I wanted to achieve that kind of look, you know mm. what I mean? So I think my, my point here is that the notions of beauty kind of change. Although, I mean, like, roughly, they they are the same. Lah, but with time, I think it evolves a bit. When you look at uh, intimate care, feminine care in general, like, not only just like, lingerie, but, like, also um, fragrances, beauty products, um, feminine hygiene, sanitary pads, and stuff like that, right? They were always designed in a way that capitalise on, like, women's insecurities so that they will end up buying these products that help them fit into like traditional standards of beauty, right? And I think it's very interesting because um, it sells this idea of uh, a woman who is like clean, you know, she's like carefree, happy, she smells nice, she's like dainty, she's like gentle. But I think the truth is that ordinary women couldn't be further from that. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm clean, but <laughs> I'm not always like dainty, you know, I'm not always... Um, like fair and like cute and like shy and like vulnerable, you know. So I, I, I would say that it has drastically changed over the years, lah, right? You know, it's, it's very true. The hair removal trend came about when I was probably 21. Back then when I was 21 and when Strip um, just opened, I was curious about this whole hair removal thing and you know how good it could make me feel so I actually went to try it <laughs> without pressure from anybody I just wanted to try it and see for myself how it feels and it, it was so painful but I personally liked how my vulva looked after a strip mm. it was smooth it was soft and I know that I don't have as many ingrown hairs as I would have um, if I do not take care of my hair down there so I continued to do that for, you know, up to today. Mm. I continued to take care of my vulva up to today. It has become a routine to go for a maintenance uh, session every month. And I cannot not do it anymore. I think I, think I relate to that on a personal level also because I think that um, I do hair removal for the mm. purposes of feeling comfortable. And I yes. think that's... It's especially apparent when like your period comes. It's like yes. everything is messy. Yeah. So I mean, um, a lot of these conventional notions of beauty, like wearing a beautiful set of lingerie or you know being hairless or being fair, these are notions of beauty that you will have to come across and you and, and that you will have to learn about. Um, but it does not mean you have to reject every notion of beauty. Mm. So personally for me, removing hair is great for me and it works for me and it makes me happy. So I'm doing it. Mm. Putting on a nice set of lingerie makes me happy and so I'm doing it. I'm not doing it for anyone else but for myself. And I think that's what matters most. Taking care of yourself first. We're taking a short break. This episode was made in collaboration with our friends and vulva care experts, Tulips and Strip. It's 2021 and we are all for self-care and putting your needs first. Whether that looks like spending more time in nature, journaling, booking a new appointment or buying some fancy lingerie to feel sexy and empowered, you do you. Although, sometimes lingerie materials like lace and tight thongs can cause discomfort like abrasions, which is not a very cute look. 
but modern problems have modern solutions. The guys at Tulips have a product that might just work for you. Ice, a calming cream, was invented with the specific intention of calming irritated skin while keeping it moisturised. Simply apply the product to your pelvic area after hair removal or directly to abrasions and even insect bites to soothe the skin. Did you know all of Tulip's products are gyne and dumb tested, which means not only does it work for more sensitive areas like your vulva, you can apply it anywhere on your body too. Check out tulips.vip, that's T-W-O-L-I-P-S, Dot VIP to find out more. Now back to the episode. Speaking about lingeries, lingerie used to be photographed and campaigned by men, designed mm. by men. Victoria's Secret is actually a, a man-led uh, management for a for a very long time until mm. they recently changed to a woman uh, a woman's team. But it was only after like people. That like, was only after they had like declining sales for yeah. many many years. Yeah. So. We used to think that lingerie has to be worn for a man, mm. to please a man. Um, and we never thought about our own feelings in that matter. But in the recent years, we have come to reclaim our own power. We have learned that you can please yourself first. Mm. I think I want to add on to the point of like talking about BS because it's very interesting. I mean, the whole like management thing beyond that, right? You know, when you watch like Victoria's Secret shows and stuff like that, you notice that all the models besides the fact that they all have like the same body type right it's also like the older models who who are like maybe 40 50 those who have been like vs angels for 10 years they still have also the same measurements or like the same kind of like fitness levels as their bodies 20 years ago and i think this is very interesting because it then kind of reinforces the idea that like not only is beauty something that is achieved through like a certain figure but also with age that beauty comes only for young people right that if you're older when you're saggier and like more wrinkly then like you're no longer beautiful and sometimes women I think we do kind of perpetuate this as well unintentionally for sure um, I personally I I hope to always look like I'm 20 <laughs> I think it's a nice balance to have. Like you have to want to look the best for yourself, I feel. Mm. I think that helps you to stay at your optimum. I think in terms of accept- accepting yourself for who you are, it is a journey. Mm. And it's also about balancing the perfect ideal for yourself um, versus being realistic and accepting that you know not everything can go your way mm. all the time. So when I look at the Victoria's Secrets model and I see Adriana Lima looking so gorgeous after giving birth to, I think, two or three kids. And they're like 45 And they right? are like 45. But I know that they have a multi-million dollar budget with a personal trainer, <laughs> keeping them in tip-top condition. So when I think of the means that they have, I don't try to impose their own stress onto myself. Mm. So for myself, every effort is a good effort. Mm. So I have to recognize that for myself. So personally for myself, for example, after giving birth, I, you know, I notice a lot more wrinkles under my eye and um, I look at myself and I'm like, oh no, like, what do I do about this line? I can go for Botox, I can go for you know, various laser procedures. I, I haven't considered those yet. Um, I'm just putting you know, eye cream, trying to minimize, but knowing that all these lines actually reflect my life's experiences. Mm. And um, having lines does not mean that you don't take care of yourself. 
it is just a natural and part and process of aging mm. and accepting aging as it is is a very liberating feeling mm. knowing that you don't have to fight the process but actually growing with it it can actually make you more beautiful mm. yeah. I really like that because I think that increasingly as like consumers like us right like we begin to demand you know like yeah like we don't want to fit in certain kinds of sizes or like we don't want to look like fair and stuff like that right I think one thing that has been quite consistent is that if you are young you are beautiful and I don't hear very often people saying like you, you should accept your lines I think it's very interesting that you mentioned that you know like it's okay to accept your lines because I think now we also still like uh, or people try to talk about beauty in a way that is still related to like age mm. so youthful equals to like beautiful right and you see a lot of that in popular culture now and like we quite willingly accept it so I think one very good example was uh, Vera Wang had her birthday party and she was like 72 or something and then all these pictures of her looking like really really like young slim beautiful out on like social media and then you're like oh my god how does she look like that at 72 but I look like that at like 25 you know then later on somebody came out and said actually like all the photos were airbrushed and like the and it revealed that you know she actually does have a lot of like wrinkles and lines and then she was angry at that so I think it's a very interesting example of how we still kind of struggle as a society in accepting that like with age there are just some things that you know you cannot really or you shouldn't necessarily fight or you should just kind of like go with the flow right I think that's interesting yeah I fully agree you age we all age and it is definitely not possible to look like you're 20 when you are 76 I, I did see some bad comments because they saw the real picture and then they were like oh you're lying oh you know uh, how can you do that you know so we don't want to be as a consumer we don't want to be deceived yep. and we want to look up to someone who is like who, an attainable we want to yeah we want to look up to an attainable someone mm, I think it's interesting also because I think sometimes we like women the way we talk to each other is also like oh you got like yes on your we face. tend to pressure each other our right? friends yes it's not cute don't do it's me. not cute yeah so I have to make a very conscious uh, effort to also look at my friends like they are the most beautiful of course I try not to bluff them la. like mm. um, if they tell me a real concern and if they are looking for advice um, I'm very happy to share like oh you know um, I'm having hair loss after giving birth what can I do mm. I can tell her to embrace it or I can say, oh, okay, you know, that there is this serum which is pretty helpful. You can give it a try. But don't worry. Your hair will grow out. Mm. It's just about, you know, living with it for now. So we may be in that phase of life where we are, where we know we don't look the best. And we have to accept that phase. Mm. And that we will actually move on from that phase. Mm. Knowing that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It's a very optimistic and hopeful feeling to have that actually saw me through my own um, post-pregnancy struggles mm. knowing that I will recover and that it will take time and that I just have to be patient yeah. mm. I really like this so I want to talk a bit about because I think um, the brand put by Kate right is, is, is such a personal one for you right you come in from a perspective of both like consumer as well as like business owner so I think let's have a conversation a bit about how can we as individuals and brands kind of work together to continuously reject like conventional standards of like beauty I think one first example and a very good one is the whole idea of like putting women at the forefront of like these businesses because like if it's a, a business for women 
then women should know best what women want, right? It is actually a conscious decision to put our consumers first. And for Pearl by Kate, we remove that notion by using real models as much as possible um, with different sizes and ages. Mm. We see ourselves as being inclusive um, and we want to depict women in different seasons of their life from the early 20s when you are still, you know, trying to be sure of yourself to your 30s when you are a little bit more, you might have a family, you might have given birth and you might not be super happy at your post-pregnancy um, look but knowing that you will get better mm. um, or you might have gone through a illness in your life and not feel particularly great about yourself. Sometimes, you know, it seems like we talk a lot more about bad patches in one's life, but we also celebrate good ones. I also have a lot of customers who look fabulous pre- and post-pregnancy, and we try to celebrate that too. We don't want to make anyone feel bad. Mm. If you look good, you shouldn't feel bad. If you look not as great as how you think you should, you shouldn't feel bad too because life works itself out in the end. Mm. <laughs> I know I sound very zen nowadays. <laughs> How do you empower like the women that you work with to think differently or to you know reconsider that some of these ideals that have been imposed on them are actually like wrong? Um, so it honestly I feel like it comes with age. I am now 36. Mm. So it took quite a long time for me to come to terms with fully accepting myself. Mm. Um, I think doing Perk by Kate as a business has also brought on a deeper meaning into my personal life. And it let me think that beauty is not everything. Um, beauty is really superficial and you do age and as long as you can age gracefully, how you look does not fully matter. Mm. Um, and through the course of business, I've met many, many ladies who are super inspiring and super admirable and you never see them fussing over how they look. They naturally look good and I, I, I question myself, oh, why do they look so good even though they may not fit into normal mm. uh, uh, criteria of beauty and it's because they radiate from the inside. Um, so it was also through meeting so many ladies that made me want to encourage others that they can radiate beauty if they take care of their own insights. Mm. And that's how, you know, laundry can play a part. When you're comfortable inside, you feel good outside. Mm. Um, when you're comfortable with yourself inside as well, you will also radiate a very positive version of yourself outside and that makes you very attractive. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it I makes me want to talk to you more, you know. It makes me want to understand you versus if you are negative and if you are unhappy then you you give off a vibe that you mm. know people don't really want to be around you. Mm, yeah. mm, 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 mm. I completely 100% agree. Yeah. I really like the point that you mentioned that you look to other real-life women around you and your life to kind of aspire to be like that instead of someone that is so far removed. But as you mentioned, I think that, you know, these kind of... Um, all this learning process takes time. It takes time. You know, we were talking a bit about how like consumers nowadays and like you and I also we are increasingly aware um, of what we want to consume right we are like very increasingly discerning and I think um, that's a great thing I think it's important to be able to say like I don't think this is good for me you know I, this is not ethical this is not like sustainable and stuff like that right but I think the question is how do you then 
um, for you as a brand, right? Like draw the line between something that is that you want to do intentionally versus like being like performative. So I think one very good example is there are some campaigns who just include like women of colour for the sake of including women of colour. How do you kind of like draw that line, I guess? As a business owner, it's a fine, it's a super fine balance to mm. strike. We may have ideals, but sometimes they are not achievable. Mm. So if, for example, I would love to cast women of all colours, but in Singapore, I just don't get that many models who of women of all colours versus if I go to the US, I might have a wider pool of models to tap into. So I also urge uh, customers to give us some understanding mm. that as long as the business vision is there to be inclusive, that we are always working towards achieving that um, inclusivity that you want to see, um, but that we also have limitations. So to your point about achieving an ideal versus being performative, mm. um, I have an interesting anecdote, which is at the start of this year, I actually used a fuller-size model. And a lot of my customers love that model because she was so real. Mm. And she herself was going through a bad patch in her personal uh, life. Because of COVID, you know, she kind of like lost her source of income. Um, she stayed at home a lot more. She exercised a lot less. So she gained some weight. And she was very real about it. She said that, you know, this is just a rough patch in my life. But I was still happy to cast her and I was still happy to use her as a model. And she was more than happy to be vulnerable in front of the camera, even though she had all these like roles that mm. she was not happy with. So our customers love that realness. I, however, also did have some other customers writing into me saying that they didn't like her and that they thought that, you know, she didn't look good. Mm. And that worried me because I was like, oh no, uh, would that actually impact my sales? Because as a business, and especially during this COVID difficulties, we all have to watch our sales and we all hope that, you know, we can type, we can see ourselves through COVID with, you know, as little damage done as possible. So I was very worried, but you know what, when I launched a campaign in January, that month actually get, got me a, a very good result. It was mm. a better than expected result. The community actually also changed my own perception and own uh, judgment that, hey, you know, what I think would not work mm. or what I was worried about or what I would, or what I thought that it was a risk was actually something that many people are, are, are ready to embrace. Mm -hmm. So is this the learning point or like the takeaway from this that it's also for you to like kind of, as a, as a business owner, right, to lean into your intuition that like if something is ethical or something is right, then it's something that you should go with, you know what yes. I mean? Yes, what we do is we try to lean into our intuition. If it feels right, it often will work itself out. And as a business owner, going into something different, mm. there's always a, an assessment of risk before that already. And it's already something that I'm willing to lose mm. if it does not work out. But I know that I have so much more to gain if it worked out. Mm. Yeah, even if it's not in terms of sales, even if it's just in terms of encouraging some, someone who is not feeling that great, but saw that picture and felt a little bit more encouraged. Mm. That emotional connection that the brand has with customers is something that I value a lot more 
than sales. Mm. Yeah, I feel like reaching for sales is a very manly thing to do. Uh, but as a woman business, the needs of women actually matter to me so much more than sales. And mm. I feel like as long as I take care of the women in my community, I won't die. Mm. I may not be the richest person in the world, but I can be happy. <laughs> mm. I really like this whole like rejecting capitalism notion. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think wrapping up this conversation, how do we like redefine this beauty standard with women in mind? I think one very good example is in South Korea, they have this whole movement called Breaking the Corset that started in like 2018 where young women were angry with basically the patriarchy, right? And they were coming forward and, you know, rejecting traditional notions of beauty like cutting their hair, not putting on makeup, wearing loose-fitting clothes that covered up their body shapes and stuff like that. And I think that like it's even still an ongoing kind of um, movement now. I think we saw it in like the 2021 Olympics where uh, a South Korean archer who had like short hair, you know, was trying to boycott this whole idea of like beauty, but then there was like fights against her and they wanted to take away her gold medal for basically not looking as like womanly as she should, lah, which is really messed up. But I don't know, I thought that was a very empowering kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. I watched her match and she was just so good and we should admire the craft um, and the skill that she has perfected rather than on something as superficial as whether she has short or long hair. But that's of course the public eye and on social media we are very free and it's very easy for us to just type a negative comment mm. but I'm sure she is a role model to many other Correct. women you know she might have inspired someone who was not feeling like she should have long hair and mm. slim bodies mm. and I think it's very tricky for this particular incident also because like for South Korea they've had many long years of the media, the patriarchy coming to play, right? Where like, yeah, like even the news presenters that they have have to look a certain way, cannot wear glasses, yeah. must like have like certain kinds of like makeup looks and stuff like that. So I think very tricky for them. I think it's super tricky. I yeah. know of a, um, a friend who mm. used to date a South Korean man and who actually has a lot of South Korean friends. And she tells me that it is a culture who is so fixated mm. on beauty and how you look. Mm. So if you carry a bag that is not branded, you might be judged. And that was very stressful for her. And that was how she decided that, you know, she cannot actually date a South Korean man anymore. <laughs> um, and she never ever wants to be put into that level of stress where she constantly has to look perfect when she may not even be able to afford it. Mm. While I do admire some of the beautiful skin that the South Korean women have and, um, you know, all the talent or the dancing or, you know, uh, I watch Blackpink and I'm like, wow, you know, they look good and they sound good and they are rich and powerful. But I have to watch them knowing that that's just entertainment mm. and that they should not be an example of how I should look. Mm. Um, and if ever I don't feel good looking at an image, I have to be so self-aware to actually just skip through those images that I see on social media when I'm not feeling good mm. and only look at them when I know I'm in a mental space to be able to discern for myself what is right for me mm. to consume. Mm. Yeah. But also to like 
it's a, it's the whole idea of like searching deep within yourself, right? Asking yourself like, does this, am I doing this out of my own pleasure or am I doing it to please somebody else? I think that's very tricky, right? It's a constant struggle, I have to say. And even for myself, um, I'm struggling with, I, I, I do struggle with it from time to time. I may look at someone who is the same age as me and I will be thinking, oh, what beautiful hair she has or what beautiful skin she has. I would want to work towards her skin or I would want to work towards her her body or, you know, and I'll ask, oh, what skincare do you use? I have gone through that, that, that motion so many times that it is not as meaningful to me anymore right now. It is more meaningful for me to mm. just take care of myself and if it makes me feel good, I'll do it. And if it does not make me feel good, then I should not indulge myself in that. Yeah. Mm, mm. There are a lot more be- layers to beauty than just how you look. You have your career, you have your family, you have your hobbies, you also have your life's higher purpose, whatever it is. And all those aspects make you beautiful. Um, looks is just a small part of it. Mm. Thanks, Lockheed. Thank you. Thank you.